some holy bread. So grab your coffee and your Bible. Thursday. It's October the 27th, the year 2022. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts. Well, good morning, saints of God. We are in Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to talk about the accuser of the brethren at some point that was cast down. So I thought it would really be good. It wasn't long ago that we did this hymn. I thought it'd be really good to do it again today. It's called Before the Throne of God above.
Hallelujah. Thank y'all so much. You're welcome to say anything you want to say before you leave. I know that we've got some people out there that are normally with us in the morning time that are praying this morning. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. That's all. I'm like squinting if y'all see me doing yeah, weird Yeah, looking at the good mornings, good morning, good morning, good morning. I have contacts in, but I guess they don't work as well as my glasses. So I'm like, what are they saying? <laughs> is that, is it that way with everybody? Does contacts never work as good as glasses or sometimes they work? Well, I have to wear glasses now. It started in my 40s. It's like all of a sudden, I was wiring. I was up above the ceiling. I was wiring, and it was just, I was trying to wire these wires together. And I'm looking at the Phillips head and my screwdriver, and I'm like, hey, man. And then, but I still don't have to have strong readers. I just have to have readers. But thank God, God is good. Uh, Brother Charles, is it this morning? Is this, this is Thursday, so Charles' surgery is today, right? I guess it's supposed to be. I, yeah, mm. Well, Father, if this is the day that Charles is going into surgery, Lord, we just ask you to touch Charles, bless him, guide the hands of the surgeons and the nurses and everything that's happening and bring him through it in Jesus' name. And all you guys said, Amen. Bob said, Lisa sees much better with contacts than she does with glasses. So cool. Well, good morning, all you guys. Thank you for giving us good mornings. We appreciate that. Love it, love it, love it. We're in Revelation chapter 12. As a matter of fact, we're just going to start back over at verse 1 again and just read. And uh, we'll quickly go through them. We went through them yesterday, but maybe we'll get further today. See, I pray for me that I'll move on. A great red, uh, now a great sign appeared in heaven. Okay, so John is seeing a sign. It's like this, it's, it's like a video clip. There's this story that the Apostle John is going to be shown that gives him some uh, understanding of what's going on in the cosmos and what's going to happen at the end of days. Now remember, John is writing the things that have been, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. He's writing this in approximately 95 A.D., 95, 96 A.D. The temple has already been destroyed in 70 A.D. He's banished on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God, for his testimony. He has been persecuted for the faith. He's on this island called Patmos, and all of a sudden, heaven opens up, God shows him this vision, and then, just like the Apostle Paul talked about, John is taken up, and he is seeing things and seeing these visions and writing them down. Some of the things he's told not to write, don't write that, but what he is allowed to write, he is writing, and he's writing this specifically to send to the churches so the churches can be blessed and be prepared and understand what is coming. So he sees a sign in heaven. There's a woman clothed with the sun, the moon. Under her feet, over her head was a garland of 12 stars showed yesterday. That is supposed to give us the picture, the nation of Israel. And we could say, yes, the believing remnant of Israel, who there's a lot of unbelievers, but the, it is Israel 
Israel was pregnant with a child, okay, and pain to deliver the child, the Messiah, bringing forth the child, the dragon, okay, verse 3, another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fire red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, we will learn later, but as of now, remember that this is a vision, and in this vision, this dragon will find out is actually the eighth kingdom. The seven heads represent... It's a conglomeration, if you will, of seven empires, and now it is the eighth empire that is again is trying to destroy the woman. Satan, okay? Now, uh, verse 4, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. There's been much discussion lately about this. How many is this? We do not know. I do not know of any place in the scripture where it is told to us how many angels God made. We know that there is an unseen realm. We know that God made spirits. You know, there, We know that there are cherubim. We know that there are seraphim. We know that there are messenger angels. We've talked about this much. Uh, there are angels uh, and there are fallen angels. We have already seen that there are angels that are locked up. And there's angels that are loose. There are demons. There's good angels. There's bad angels. There's demons. There's angels we have heard on high. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many? We don't know. Yes. I have a question. So why? It says a third of the stars. Why do we say that that is angels? How does that... Well, I didn't prepare to go to the place for that question. Oh, but, sorry. But stars are referred to as angels in Scripture. Okay. It, it's uh, like in the book of Job, when he's asking Job, he says, where were you when I created the earth, when I laid the foundation? What's, what's the earth sitting on? He said, when all the stars or the morning stars sang for, shouted for joy. Well, the morning yeah. stars in that context, the uh, the stars, the sons of God, they're they're talked about as angels. Right. So yes, sorry about that. That's a good question. Thank you for that question. I should have prepared for that <laughs> and been able to bring out a scripture there. Uh, the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it is born. Now think about all the persecutions against Israel to try to kill the male child. I mean, immediately you can go to probably the first head of the dragon. What I call the first head of the dragon was Egypt. Remember, Israel becomes a nation, moves into Egypt. We read the story of Joseph, and we talked about the story of Joseph. And someone said, boy, I love that story, especially the forgiveness at the end. And I, amen, amen, amen. And that's the, that's the beautiful thing that at the very end, Joseph said, what you meant against me for evil, God meant for good to save all of these people. Think about the story of Joseph. As the brothers hated him, guess who else gets saved? Gentile people get saved. Nations of people get saved. To save all these people physically, Joseph becomes a savior, in a sense, for many people. And his brothers come to realize who he is again. So, yes... That is beautiful, but at the at the 
rising of Israel in the days of Moses, you know the story. The enemy moved upon the Pharaoh, and he he wasn't killing the girl children, right? He was killing the boys. Yeah. And he was saying, if you see a boy, baby, throw him in the Nile. Kill the boys. Why? That is Satan under, behind Pharaoh trying to kill the Messiah. Because the male child carries the seed. The male ca child carries the seed. Yes, very, very good. And so, and, and, and so all the dragon then and the seven heads on the dragon is always the empires that's trying to kill the seed. In the days when Jesus is born, what happens? What does Herod do? You know the story. You talk about it every year in the month of December. People all over the place are talking about how King Herod tries to kill. As a matter of fact, he sends, they start just killing all the children in Bethlehem, right? Two years old and down. All the boys. Just kill the boys. Kill the boys. So he flees into Egypt. Hmm. Hallelujah. But now, he's not giving all the detail. He just says she's always trying to kill. I mean, the dragon's always trying to devour that child. That's the way I read it. Now, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with rod of iron. His name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus. Rule all nations with a rod of iron. Her child was called up to God and to his throne. That's the crucifixion, the ascension. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God, that they should feed her there 1,260 days. Now, this scripture, to, to me, brings us back into, now he's given a backstory and then bringing us back up to what we have been studying in the book of Revelation that begins with the abomination of desolation, and there's a war that takes place for 42 months, 1,260 days. And you guys that's been with us on daybreak, we went back into Daniel and looked at chapter 12, and there's two more figures of time. There's 1,290 days given, which adds one more month, and then there's 1,335 days that adds another month and a half after that. So it's very, very important. But the time of trouble that's going to be worse than any that's ever been is 1,260 days, says the Lord, in Daniel and in Revelation. And so what we're peering into is this time called the greatest time of trouble that there's ever been. Now, the days, in the days of Jesus, the Jewish understanding was this was already in the past. The man who did it was Antiochus Epiphanes, or Antiochus Epiphanes. You can study about him. He's a Greek king that put swine's blood on the altar. He defiled the temple. Yet, Jesus says... Remember, that's in the past, and in the days of Jesus, when they say, what's going to be the sign of your coming, the end of the age, what, what is going to be the things to look for? And then there in Matthew 24, if you want to look it up again sometime, Jesus begins to tell them all these things are going to happen, wars and rumors of wars, you know, false prophets, confusion is going to spread. But then he says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, and as I've said before, he took something in the past and then Jesus himself stuck it in the future and said, when you shall see. So he that hath ears to hear, let him hear, Jesus said, which means the mind that hath understanding, let him understand. 
that what happened under Antiochus Epiphanes, or Antiochus Epiphanes is how I say it, what happened there is a prototype, it's a, it's a foreshadowing, it's a picture of what's going to happen in the very end of days and the return of the Lord. And it's going to be the it's going to be worse then than any other time. And actually, the Lord says there'll never again be a time like it. So it's it'll be over after the after the last time. Now, the woman fled. So Israel then flees into the wilderness where she has a place prepared. Here's what God is saying: the vision is saying that Israel, God is going to bring protection to a remnant of Israel, and we know it's a remnant because we know that Israel is suffering the greatest time of trouble that she's ever suffered, and there's many people being killed. Now, when we talk about martyrdom, we when we seen in the fifth seal, God said when their full number has come in, God already has a full number of martyrs that's going to be, okay? It's already locked in, okay? And when that happens, then the end will come. I mean, then it'll be over. She has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. This points us back. Now, this is pointing us back to, as I've said, the book of Revelation is the final exodus. It is exodus in from Egypt over again. The, the plagues in Egypt, which were 10 plagues, okay? If you do Passover, you, you go through them, you recite them every year. The ten plagues, well, everything's in sevens in Revelation. But it's the final, it's the ending. Verse 7, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. War is just going to happen. It's happening. It's going to happen. It continues to happen until it's going to be over with. There will be a war. Now, when I read this, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So we're back and forth understanding things that have happened and things that shall happen. can be kind of confusing, but if we just read it, trying to understand who the players are, what's taking place, then it really helps us. I was watching just back during all the riots back 2020. I was watching one of the riots in one of the states, northern states, and the Satanists were out there, and there were some people with cameras filming some of the Satanists, and there was one guy that come up to the, he was a Satanist, he came up to the screen, and he said, as a Satanist, he said, when the, when the last and final war comes, we will win this time. There's more of us now. And he's talking about the battle. He, he said the, the last war with Michael, the archangel. And because he says now there's many more humans that are going to join in the war. This Satanist understood more about the end time than most Christians. Yeah. And understood there's a war coming. And he's chose his side. He's standing with the dragon. Who are you standing with? more of a reality to them. Yeah, it is a reality to them. It was commonplace. He says, the war's coming. Like, he knows there's an end war coming, just like the demons. Why would he know that? Because when you give yourself to that, guess what you get? Demons. Demons know. 
You remember the demons that said to Jesus, what are you doing here, son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time? Right? So anyway, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, there's a lot of debate about this when this takes place. Here's my opinion. What makes sense to me is he's talking about when he says cast out, he's already been fallen. He's a fallen angel. He was fallen in the garden. But he still has the ability to go before the throne of God and accuse the brethren. He still walks to and fro in the earth seeking whom he may devour. The apostles, in the days of the apostles, wrote letters warning us against the deception of Satan, how he deceives the world. And there's, in the heavenly, there's battle that's going to take place, and it's like, okay, now he's coming down. Now he's coming down with wrath. Now he can approach no more. You can even read stories in the Old Testament to where God determines to overthrow Ahab. And in that story, if you read it, everyone comes before God and, and one steps up and says, I will do it. He says, how will you do it? He says, I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. Well, who's the lying spirit? Who is a liar and the father of it? Mm -hmm. Right? And so he still had the ability to go before God and come before God. Well, at this time, no more. It's it's over. What we're seeing is the final time. That's, that's how I see it, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, the power of his Christ has come. Why? For the accuser of our brethren who accused them, excuse me, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. This is where that song we just sang at the beginning comes from. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Woo! Thank you, Lord. My name is written on his hand. It's engraved on his hand and on his heart. We have an enemy who accuses us. <laughs> Look at Scott. Look at him. He did it to Job. Have you? God said, have you considered Job? He says, there's none like him in the earth. He says, oh, he just serves you because you don't let anything happen to him. <laughs> wow. You see, when we go through things and we hold on to God, we hold on to our faith, we make a declaration that the angels can't understand. We stand with God and we believe in him. The accuser, so he's the lawyer accusing us Brethren, before God, day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
How did they overcome? And they did not love their lives unto the death. Woo! We'll stop there. That's powerful. They did not love their lives unto the death. My goodness. That's Christianity. That's faithfulness. That is the perseverance and endurance of the saints. We hold on to the Lord. Yes, we pray for healing. Yes, we plead for healing. God, heal us. Amen. But we hold on to him no matter what because he's in charge. And by the blood of Jesus, this bloody grace, mm -hmm. by the blood of Jesus and the scandalous love of God that he could love somebody like me and you and just wipe away our sins, even death, the curse of death now is turned up upside down. And death now is just the doorway that I get to go be with God forever. Amen. That's why it's just called sleeping in the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Boom. Boom. Immediately. Well, hallelujah. This is this is good stuff to be in, man. I just get fired up because we're in verse uh, chapter 12. I love chapter 12 and 13. Uh, I love it, love it. I love reading about the accuser being cast down. His day is almost over. <laughs> it's almost over. He's going to be locked up. And man, I'm going to dance a jig when he's locked up. Ain't you? Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you. Thank you for loving God's Word. Thank you for reading God's Word. Thank you for reading the book of Revelation. Okay? If you think we're living in the end times, anywhere close to the end times, we should be devouring this book continuously. So let's say the Lord's Prayer, and uh, we'll jump off here. And uh, may the Lord bless all of you as well and help you in all of your struggles and me and my struggles, my my shoulder does seem to slowly, slowly be healing. I appreciate every prayer for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for every prayer. I'm believing it's going to be healed. Either just like that one of these days or slowly it's going to be healed. I have total faith in that. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Bye, guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. You want to say bye? Let's lean in there. Bye.